Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Tirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you're going to have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say that I've never lost $1 of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know and really have been around for centuries. You know, most Americans are not prepared for their golden years, let alone today. So no matter what your financial status is, you can be prepared to enjoy your life and never run out of money. In this show, I invite some amazing guests to share with you different topics about pre-retirement. What's pre-retirement? Plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. Today, my special guest is Deborah Johnson, and she's a registered nurse for over 35 years and has founded a business called Care Insight. Care Insight is a business solely devoted to easing the burden of caring for disabled or elderly family members. As a single mother of two, she was a primary caregiver for her mother, who passed with a brain tumor, and then a father who needed ongoing support with medicines, doctor appointments, hospitalizations, and then hospice care until his passing. She realized the need for oversight, problem-solving, and professional support during this time. She trains RN care managers to deliver the personal and professional oversight for the family and clients during this time of need. It's like having a professional RN in the family who's an expert in the community in which the client lives with a network to enroll these services that, that are so needed when they're needed. This allows our families to resume the role that they naturally fill, that of being the loving and supportive family surrounding their loved ones, leaving the care managers to be the educator, researcher, and partner in the medical and social needs of the family. Care Insights has your back when caring is not enough. Well, welcome, Deborah. That is such really a beautiful, uh, you know, a beautiful mission. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. I'm so glad to be on your show. Thank you for asking me. Yes, we have a real, real interesting job to do that not many people know about. So I'm thrilled to be on your show and talk about it. You know, it's it's so important because it's 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 a sub it's a subject that happens to all of us, but nobody really talks about it. That's and right. I can really relate because well, my mom she had cancer for ten years, and they didn't have long term care insurance, so we had to go through the whole thing of, you know finding the caregivers and managing and going through everything you just taught, you know, the caregiving, the hospitalization, the medicines. It's overwhelming. I mean, it I is. don't have a clue about it. And it, you know, consumed my life, and it's very emotional. And so it, where, you know, how how do you start? So so what is what's a care manager? Maybe we'll start right there. What's a care manager? That's a great question. A care manager is a subspecialty that has really just developed over the last about really developed over the last about 10 years. So unlike registered nurses or physical therapists that we kind of have an idea in our mind what you do, a case manager people are like, "Well, what is that?" It sounds like a discharge planner at a hospital, which it isn't. It sounds like many different things. We've heard those two words used in combination. But the way that geriatric or disability care management takes place is that we get highly skilled people that are usually in the medical realm. I only work with registered nurses because I understand them. I am one of them. 
and they're very well-rounded people. And they need to have a lot of experience as being a registered nurse so that they have a history and a network of people um, that are available to them that they can pull into the service area maybe needed by their clients. So what is care management? Care management really is a professional medical networker who knows your community and gets to know what you and your family need, particularly that person that's a geriatric client or disabled person, and puts them together in such a way that it eases this tremendous burden that families go through of who do I call? Nobody wants to open the yellow pages and just point to a page when it comes to their mother or father or grandmother and their care. And even, you know, your next-door neighbor where we turn for a lot of things, maybe when it comes to our pets, may not be the best place to go when it comes to taking care of mom and dad. So um, what happens as, you know, you, yourself, Chris, and I myself with my parents is that we're thrown into a realm of having to know all this medical information and where to take mom and dad and is this physical therapy really working and is this really worth the time my mom's putting into it and are there other resources I don't know about. That's a whole profession, a land in which we dwell as care managers. That's our job to know all that. So what we find is when we're called in to help out a family, they may say, you know, mom's been in the hospital three times and they keep doing things to her and she's getting worse every time and I'm so frustrated but I don't know what to do. Can you help us out? Absolutely. That's an area where we can be with mom in the hospital or grandma and we can take a look at that chart and make sure those doctors are doing what the family wants and what the client wants and not just what the hospital may want to do to them or that particular doctor. And we can oversee things so we can bring in our experience to help protect and advocate what that patient, that particular patient and family need and not just become a pawn in our very confusing medical um, realm that we have these days. It is tough. And that's how we help people out. That is so awesome, you know, and so important. And I really did not realize it till. I had a friend and family end up in the hospital, but you really have to stand guard with your family because just like they miss the 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 medicine or they don't come in when the person wants to go to the bathroom and all kinds of things that you just wouldn't have ever imagined. Um, Absolutely. If you've ever been in the hospital, you know you're at your most helpless state. And even needing to go to the restroom and relying upon pushing a button and that nurse showing up on time um, or being very uncomfortable is a tough place to be, especially when you have your wits about you. But if you can imagine if you have a little bit of dementia going on or you're in pain on top of it, it's very difficult being left alone in those situations. And we can bring people in to sit by that bedside or encourage the family or run shifts with that family to make sure that person is covered. We always suggest whenever anyone's in the hospital, um, particularly if they have any injuries that are going to keep them from having sharp um, ability to communicate, um, that there is somebody from the family or some paid caregiver there by their side to help them out. We do recommend that. It's not always possible, but we do have resources that do that. That's awesome. You know, it it's so important. I mean, there my dad was at a Marriott, you know, nursing home, $500 a day, mm-hmm. and he rings the bell to go to the bathroom, and it takes him 20 minutes to get in. Yes. You know, it was crazy, yes. and I'd have to run out every time he'd ring the bell to find somebody to get him to the bathroom. Yeah. So, but the oh. fact that you were there saved him a lot of yeah. um, being incontinent in his bed and being labeled yeah. or getting decubitus because he's damp. I mean, you avoid a lot by being extra cautious and having extra assistance with them there. Right, right, absolutely. I, I, I saw that with my mom and my dad that I actually saved their life a few times because of there were some you know critical things that were happening. If I right. wasn't there, I couldn't have helped them. Right. So, how can I manage my home and my family and take care of my mother too? Yeah, that's great. That's the problem that I I was facing because I'm part of the sandwich generation, right? right? I'm raising my children at home, 
And I have a mother and father that are aging. And because I'm the nurse in the family, I'm the one people depend on to make decisions. So here I am trying to balance my kids with my mom and dad. And I'm experienced at this. But when it comes to taking care of people you love, you lose perspective. And it's always good to have somebody that you can bounce things off of to find out, am I really doing the right thing or am I acting like a three-year-old with a mother here? (laughs) You never know. So people do call us in when they're having that problem. Like, I would, I want to be there with my mom. She raised me. I love her. And here I am with my kids at home and they got soccer and I'm, you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm being split. So one of the things that we can do to really calm a situation like that is that we find out what it is that that daughter, for example, it's usually the daughter really needs to be doing. What is Why is it she wants to be at her mom's house? It may be that mom's not taking her medications properly or she's afraid she's going to fall or you know, she's afraid that she's wandering and not sure if she's got it together to really be eating three meals a day things like that, we can go in and we can make sure that's happening um, by either pulling in people to feed her, looking at um, different places that may give free support to her, finding out, uh, weighing her and taking her blood pressure and making sure she's doing okay, calling in maybe Medicare services that are needed in the home that are no cost to the family, or bringing in paid help, depending on what the needs are and the resources of the family. We can give them a lot of options that they may not know were available simply because they don't have a care manager that you know handy to ask those questions to. And when we adopt a family, you're ours. It's sort of like we become the daughter you really wish you had that you can call at 6 o'clock at night and say, oh, my gosh, I just went over to mom's and her feet are twice as big as they're supposed to be. Is this some reason? Should I be calling the ambulance or can, can you know, what should I be doing? And we can help them. In fact, get on the phone with a doctor and save them a trip to the emergency room or save them a trip to um, the um a doctor's office by just changing medications according to what the doctor wants. Sometimes it were just incredibly valuable and life-saving to a lot of our clients, which really makes us feel worthwhile. We love it when we can do things like that. And it makes that daughter be able to take a deep breath and spend time with her family and feel like she's got some set of eyes on mom. That is so cool. So, so you have you can do this all over the country? Well, I wish I could, you know, (laughs) but let me tell you, there is a national association of which we are a part. It's our major national association called the National Association of Professional Geriatric Care Managers. Now, that isn't a mouthful, but it is N-A-P, as in Paul, G-C-M dot org. And on that website, what you do is you go in and put in your zip code of where your mom or person that needs help is or where you are, depending upon what you want. And it'll pull up some um, geriatric care managers that are certified geriatric care managers. And we're on that list. If you're in Michigan or Sarasota and Tampa, Florida, we're on that list. We'll come up if you put in your, you know, a zip code near us. And what you'll do is have a, have a list of four or five Uh, case managers to choose from, and you can call them. Some people work independently. Some people are like me, and we have 12 different case managers throughout Michigan and Florida. And you can actually have a conversation, ask people that should not charge you anything to find out what they're doing, what their charge is, um, what value they could be to you, and then set up an appointment with them if that's what you choose. So that's a great place to look if you're across the country. If you're in Michigan, Definitely, you want to contact careinsight.net. And if you're in Florida, careinsightfl.com is our website. And lots of information and ways to contact us are there. I wish we could be across the country, but we do have care managers throughout the country. People just don't know about them. Right, right. So if Grandma says she's fine, but I think there's something wrong, mm-hmm. what do you think? Oh, this was my father. My father is a Marine, right? Oh, so, yeah. Dad, well, you'd always call him up. Dad lived alone after Mom died. And you say, Dad, how are things going? They're fine. They're just fine. Don't you worry about me. I'm just fine. Well, Dad is one of these people that never is in pain until he's flat on his back and can hardly talk to you. That's my dad's pain level. Pain threshold is very high. 
And so he, we, then he'd go to the doctor all by himself, and we'd say, Dad, what did the doctor say? He said, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Well, we knew as we saw Dad deteriorate little by little that he wasn't just fine, and we also saw that his memory wasn't that good. So if the doctor had said, hey, Ira, I want you to um, go get some blood work or change your medicine, that who knows if that ever happened. So I started doing care management on my dad, and I used to tease him. I used to say, you know, Dad, I usually charge for this, and he used to laugh. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, I would start taking my dad to the doctor's office and be there in the room with him. And anything my dad forgot to tell the doctor after he finished talking to him, I would make sure that the doctor got informed of the things that were left out. I would not be there in place of my father. In other words, I wanted that doctor looking at my father as we do with our clients and communicating directly to our clients. We're just there as backup and pretty much note takers, make sure everything gets covered. And then when we leave, a lot of times our clients will turn around to us and say, what the heck did that, what did he mean? And we're there to say what he meant. And we're there to tell the daughters and sons and interested parties, as long as it's okay with our client, what's happening. Make sure that the pharmacy's called so the meds get delivered. Make sure that the meds get taken after they're delivered. And um, just making sure that what the doctor wants to have done gets done. And if it's not working, we're on the phone with the doctor saying, look, this medicine you put him on, it can't get him out of bed. It's not a good medicine. Let's see what else we can do without having to haul him back into the doctors necessarily. Right. That's great. Oh, oh boy, I wish I knew about you guys back then because it's just darkness. You don't have anybody to call. You don't have anybody to experience. And then you're all emotionally wrapped up because it's your mom or your dad. It's, oh, man. what a The guilt is horrible. You can really rack up a lot of guilt if you're not doing what you think needs to be done with your parents. Your parents may not think it needs to be done. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I I didn't want that guilt. I had that with my grandmother that I could have done more, and so mm-hmm. I just like I was flying up every every two weeks. They, my parents wouldn't let me. They take care of them because they wanted to do you know be self sufficient and want yeah. you know, have their kids be caregivers. But let's just say you don't live close enough to mom and dad to be there yeah. when they need you, right? What what do you do, right? That's perfect. We in fact we're taking care of a woman. Right now, who was in the hospital, lived and born and raised in, um, raised all of her kids in Detroit. And, her, and then her kids went off, and she has a, a daughter that's a doctor in Houston, Texas. And that daughter called us up, uh, went to the, the, the certified geriatric care manager website, found us, talked with us, decided they wanted us to follow up with mom. And we went out to meet mom, and mom decided she liked us. And here now, we've got mother from the nursing home back to her home. We've got, we cleaned, we had the house cleaned top to bottom because the daughter said, please don't tell your mother, my mother, I'm doing this, but would you please get somebody to clean the walls and the floors? It's not dirty, but it's just not been cleaned since I was a kid, right? So we did that before mom moved in. Now, and um, so she's got a sparkling house to move into. She now has a ramp to get up to the doorway because she had to come home in a wheelchair. She has a physical therapist that's coming to her home on a regular basis through Medicare and Medicaid. And she has paid help in there about four to five hours a day because the son said he would cover the rest of the time just to make sure she can make it up to her bedroom, which is upstairs. So she's got to learn how to take those steps. And that she's eating properly, so she has her son doing breakfast and our caregivers doing lunch and dinner, things like that. So now the daughter is feeling like she can call up mom and just chit-chat about what's going on, and she doesn't have to be asking her the questions that drive mother crazy and drive daughter crazy. Because even though daughter's a doctor, mother will not listen to her. (laughs) They listen to my nurses, but they won't listen to the daughter doctor. It's really amazing. (laughs) They're saying the same things. Yes, they are. Yes, I know exactly. So, okay. So, what you know? What does it cost, or who pays, or how does that work? Well, the the fees for um, 
case management usually work like this, and every part of the country has a different level of fees, but they run anywhere from about $85 an hour to about 150 an hour. Those are the outside ranges. We charge 100 to 105 an hour, depending upon the needs of the family. And so it's actually an hourly amount. Now, remember, we're not doing hands-on care, so you're not hiring us for four hours taking care of mom. We get caregivers that are much less expensive than us, regular caregivers, you know, aides in there from other companies to come in and take care of people, individuals. We don't own the companies. We just manage those companies to make sure that when they get in there, they're the company that works really well with our client. If they're not, we switch them out. So we range, those are sort of the ranges per hour, It's the, and we bill much like um, lawyers bill so that when we do phone calls and faxing and run over and go to doctor's appointments, that's the time we're billing. We're not, you know, we could work with people ongoingly and only do three, maybe three hours a month, or we can just do um, a few phone calls a month, depending upon what the family wants. But boy, when grandma goes into the hospital, sometimes we make sure that we let the family know that um, we think it's probably better if we're over there and if the family agrees, then we make sure that that family member is taken care of in the hospital. So we're not inexpensive. But um, just to let you know, there are care managers who who are assigned for Medicaid, excuse me, yes, for Medicaid clients, and these are paid for by the government. They don't do anything near the quality of our care managers because they've got 150 clients they take care of. So they can't really do a great care. But there are care managers out there if you are low income with Medicaid and you'd want to inquire wherever you call to get your Medicaid, you'd want to inquire there to find specially assigned care managers that might be able to help you if you're very, very low income. So so what would I look for in hiring a care manager? Oh, that's great. You know, I have a – that's one of the really great questions because – um, we're asked that all the time um, because there are being a care manager is not like being a registered nurse. You know, as a registered nurse, you know that I've taken a state board, and you can look me up on the internet to make sure there's been no complaints against me and my business. But as a care manager, there's nothing that there's no state board to become a care manager. There maybe one of these days we will have it, but right now we don't. So. The secretary behind your doctor's reception area could say she's a care manager, but not have near the qualifications you're really looking for. So if you go to um, my website, careinsight.net, or our Florida Insight, uh, Florida website, careinsightfl.com, you will see that there's a download, a free download there that says 10 critical steps to hiring a care manager. And let me just go over a couple of those because they're really good to know about. Most people don't know that you, in fact, can go on the Internet in your state and find out if the registered nurse or the physical therapist or the social worker or the physician has had any complaints against them through the state. And I explain on that website how to get to those websites. Those are good websites to know. Um, so you want to make sure, number one, if you have a, if it's a registered nurse, that she is registered in your state and that she doesn't have any complaints against her. By the time they get complaints through the state, they are, you don't want to be working with them. <laughs> and then, then you want to find out, look, ask for their resume because a registered nurse who's been registered, let's say, for a year, will not have anywhere near the skills of a registered nurse who's been working in your community for 10, 15, 20 years, simply because of their experience. So, you know, you can make decisions along the way. The the one with one year might charge less, but the question would be, you can interview more than one. Bring them to your house and interview them. That's what people need to know, too. You can sit them across the table and see how mom likes them. See how you like them. You don't have to hire them just because they're there for an interview. Right. So there are a lot of steps, and, and um, you can download that 10 critical steps to hire a care manager from either the careinsight.net website or the careinsightfl for Florida.com website. 
that is totally important. Everybody needs to do that. That is yeah, so great, great information. Oh, really, good. and sometimes, by the way, I need to say because Chris, you say this on your in your book regarding long term care. Sometimes long term care will pay for care management. So it's if someone has a long-term care insurance policy, we ask them to bring it out so we can look through it to make sure that we're not overlooking a paid benefit that has been paid for already by our clients. So we make sure that the long-term care, if they pay for care management, that we get paid for through that long-term care insurance. Right. And that's so important. Like I always say, 7 out of 10 of us over 65 have a convalescent stay. Oh, and yes. Maybe, Deborah, you know, is I think it's anywhere between 20 to 40% right now is under 65 in a nursing home. Right? Oh, it's, it's huge. It's, it's, you know it's huge. Yes. The DRG rule. They want to get you out of there as soon as possible. They don't want to. You know, staying in a hospital is too expensive. You think nursing right. homes are expensive. Oh, my gosh. Hospitals so, are very expensive. So my mom was in intensive care on day two at Stanford Hospital. Oh, my they gosh. They yes. to a nursing home from intensive care. She mm. was still in there. It's nuts because they were going to get less money. That was the whole deal. Yes. So that's why it isn't just an age-driven. Nursing homes aren't just for old people. It's everybody no. now. And none of our insurances cover it. The HMOs, regular health insurance, Medicare, none of them cover it. So this is so important. Make sure you get long-term care. Make sure you get long-term care that covers care managers. Yes, absolutely. That's one thing to ask because care managers, you know, who will be managing your care in long-term care insurance is that adjuster who's on the other end of the phone. Now, I don't know about you, but an insurance adjuster has nowhere near my skills. And I don't know that I want an insurance adjuster whose job it is to save money in charge of deciding what's best for me. I'd rather have a registered nurse making that decision who's met me and knows me and isn't working with me just over the phone. Right. So that's the value of a of a care manager and adjusters listen to care managers. It's somebody there to really advocate. When you say you need a walker and they say, "Well, why can't you use a cane? It's cheaper." And you have a nurse get on the line and say, "Look, it's dangerous. She needs a walker and here's the order from the doctor that I obtained, etc." I mean, it's great having somebody cover your right. back like that. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, what if what if you have parents and and a lot of times they get into, the, especially if they get start getting dementia, get really stubborn, and they're in control, and they're not going to do what you're, they're supposed to. My, my mom was that way. My dad's the opposite. He's like perfect patient, and my mom was sort of like rebellious where the doctor would say, no more Coca-Colas, and she'd sneak them. And, mom, you've got cancer. Come on. But, like they're going to, you know, you know, anyway. So um, what do you think about that? Oh, and this is this is a typical, typical problem. In fact, I found myself apologizing to the hospice nurses that were coming in about my father. Now, my father's a wonderful man, but, you know, he's got his ways about him, and you do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to get an X, Y, and Z response for him. Right. And I just was sort of like giving them the heads up. So I'm listening to myself telling people the same things I listen to on the phone, and that is things like, look, I want you to know I really love my mom. <laughs> But she can be this way. And just know if she slams the door in your face, please don't go away. Um, Knock again and let her know sweetly. You know, tell her that Joe, her favorite, you know, niece, is asking you to come over. They they sort of give us hints on how to get through the door. But sometimes we don't even let them know we're nurses. I hate to say this. But sometimes we're not hired by the client. We're hired by the family to please help mom. She's demented. She's in danger of going to a nursing home. I want her to stay home as long as possible. But we've got a problem. I'm afraid in the middle of winter she's going to walk out the front door with no coat on. So sometimes we just go over and have coffee with mom or have tea with mom or bring her something and sit down just like we're a person from her church getting to know her. And sometimes we, you know, we just take time 
to get to know that person so they start breathing easier around us. We don't go in trying to tell them what they should and shouldn't be doing, but we build a relationship, and it depends on the client on how we do that exactly. And it, the families help us out because they know what works and doesn't work, so they give us all kinds of clues, and we kind of work with that. And after a while, people tend to really like us. And then once you've built that trust and that relationship, then you can really start moving people forward. Not before. We are guests in their home, not vice versa. Yes. That's the right attitude. You know, um, people don't, when you're feeling good and you're healthy, you don't ever, can't imagine not. And, or, or someone with dementia. I had a, I had a client and he, um, was driving to see his family. But he had dementia. It wasn't really bad, but all of a sudden, I guess it just hit him. He got mm-hmm. lost somewhere mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, drove down some dirt road, and ended up camping out in, in this old abandoned farm and was drinking out of a water trough. <laughs> oh, I mean, they had to put an APB bulletin out on this guy. Yes, yes. Know? And his kids that were scared to death, and, you know, and then he just just drove, got lost. Yes. See, we ignore a lot when it comes to our parents. You know, they're just getting a little bit older. And, you know, sometimes we just can't see the forest for the trees, but you put them in front of a professional, they can see things a lot clearer because they don't have a history of 50 years with this person or 60 years. So a lot of times we can give advice that makes them say, oh, I've been thinking I should do that, but I just didn't know when to do it. So maybe's the time. And can you help me out? And how can I talk to Dad about taking the keys away? i got to tell you, we have the best newsletter in the world, Chris. And one of the things last month it talked about was when to take the keys away, what to do, how to do it, how to make it easier on yourself. And that's in our newsletter. And people can go to our careinsight.com net or our careinsightfl.com website and click on the newsletter and start getting our newsletter. They have all kinds of wonderful information. But for example, the the wanderer, the person that is likely to leave, first of all, we need to get them diagnosed. If they have dementia, what kind of dementia do they have? Is it something we can make a difference with? Because, you know, sometimes when you have many strokes, you can do medical treatment that will reverse or at least not progress further. However, if it's Alzheimer's, you need to know that to kind of prepare. This is something that's not going to go away. So let's make plans for the future for our mom and dad now when they can sign a piece of paper and when they can make medical decisions or decide who they want to make medical decisions for them. Let's do that now and not wait until it's too late. So we can really help people diagnose even dementia and find out, do we have something that's treatable? And if so, let's move ahead with it. And if not, let's prepare. Right. So that's why you would call for a care manager even if your mom and dad are doing okay, right? Especially when mom and dad are doing okay and they're starting to go downhill a little bit. Just calling us in for an evaluation is a great thing to do. We sat across from people and basically they said, look, I'm I'm worried about mom forgets every once in a while but not too much and this is what's been going on with her and we get a good physical picture of her. We'll come back to that family and that client with recommendations. There may be six or seven recommendations and the family will say that's great ideas my sister and I will follow up and do that or they may say look I don't know what to do with those last three so I'd like you as a care manager to do those but we'll do the top three or they'll say just take care of this because I've got a family on my end that I need to take care of or I'm not in town and I want you to follow up But at least that gets us in the door. So when there is a crisis, if there's a crisis, we already know grandma's medicines. We know grandma. Grandma knows us. She's built a relationship with us. And when we go to talk to her doctors, we have a good idea of her, her, um, where she lives, the type of support services she has, the medications she may be taking or not taking, the medicine she's been prescribed in the past. And it puts us in a much more powerful position to really be a good advocate for her when we know her when things are doing well. And we may just do an evaluation, but at least we've done an evaluation and we're available then when things get tough. Right. Oh, it's so important. So 
if if I work with a care manager, are they going to take away some of my decision making or powers to do things? Ah, so yes, you want to work with a care manager, first of all, you really like. And when I say like a care manager, that would be somebody that would be a partner with you. You do not want a care manager who steps in the door and says, basically, now I'm the professional and you're not, and I will be making decisions regarding this case and you will not. First of all, that violates all HIPAA laws because we are autonomous beings. It also violates any care management ethical practices because autonomy is what care management is all about, just supporting the autonomy of individuals to make their own choices, including the families and that client. What do you want? What's your priority? Because that needs to be our priority, even if we disagree. Because we can say, look, I wouldn't do that. This is why I wouldn't do that, but this is your choice, and you've got to live with that choice, not me. I'm going to go home to my parents. (laughs) I'm going to go home. I'm not going to have to live with that choice forever. This is your choice, and you need to make it comfortable with what works for you. And that's what a good, good care manager does is support the choices that you make, even though they may not be what they would personally choose. Right. So... um you know, this is it, here. I, you know, I've been through been through this with both my parents, and I'm sitting here going, the value of a care manager, and how come how come I haven't heard about them so far? And I'm in the business, you know. I mean, I talk about long term care to people, it's like hidden, absolutely it's like hidden. Well, you know, Chris, I was a nurse for 25 years, and I didn't know what a care manager was. And that is our biggest obstacle: is letting people know we're here so that they can use us when it's appropriate. And, you know, I'm open if you have any great ideas. Being on your radio program is good, <laughs> Chris, letting right. people know and gradually getting the word out. And you, do you know that in the Accountable Care Act, we were mentioned, care management was mentioned 21 times. Now, that's the first time there's ever been a health care bill that has included care management, ever. So we're turning a corner here, but it's only the beginning of a corner. And it's really our jobs to let people know who we are. And that's what I spend a lot of my time doing is getting out from behind my desk, making, talking to Elks clubs, talking to conventions, making sure insurance adjusters know who we are, making sure that I talk to caregivers, uh, families. Um, we've been up in Washington, um, D.C., where the National Association of uh, of uh, family caregivers is, and we're part of that group. So we try to get out and make as big an impact as we can. But um, I'm always open for finding better ways to communicate, and maybe the people listening to this program can help us find a way to let people know that we're here. If the, any ideas, I am open to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And invite you to come speak to people and you can tweet. Absolutely. Show, send the show to your friends because everybody has to deal with it. And, you know, we are on earth and we have bodies and it's really important. So, so Absolutely. Um, and in, that's why, like like you would say, you know, you don't want to wait till your spouse really needs help before you contact the caregiver, right? Yes. I'll tell you why is because, you know, there's a lot of paperwork and medical information and, um, uh, you know, getting everything ready for the time when we're not able to make our own decisions. We need to make those decisions ahead of time. And we can help a family take a look and see just what kind of paperwork they may need give them referrals to a elder law attorney if that's what they need or a wealth manager. People can avoid getting onto Medicaid in a lot of ways, but only if they start early, like five years before they become ill. And so we can put them, it may not be our job, but we our job is to have the network of people available if we see a need, recommend to that family member Um, who they might get in touch with to um, get those needs met. You know, you want to choose the person who is making your medical decisions before you're unable to do that. Right. And so that, 
you know, there's, like you say, there's a lot of, okay, you know, I'm looking for this care manager. How do you know how to find a highly qualified manager? Because, you know, someone could appear to be really nice. Like when I first got the caregiver for my parents, they turned out to be a nightmare. So how mm-hmm. do you know? How, how do you figure that out? That's good. So I would go through the 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 steps to hiring a care manager, and on there is the website I was speaking of, which is the National Association for Professional Geriatric Care Managers. You want a certified geriatric care manager. Now, the truth is there's not a lot of us around here, so you may be living in an area. Let's say you're living in an area that doesn't have anyone nearby that could take care of your mother or father or yourself or um your family member. Um, what you could do is call up um, the National Association of Professional Geriatric Care Managers and ask to speak to the individual that runs that branch in that state for professional geriatric care managers. And they would know the resources. They may not be certified, but there may be care managers in your area that are available. The other thing is in most areas, you get a little book that says senior choices and they may list out all of the uh, living arrangements that someone can choose, um, group homes and American houses and sunrises and all of the name Walden Woods, all the names of the places nationwide that you can move into if your home is not the safest place for you to be. Usually in there, there may be one or two listings of care managers in that book. And they're usually at your senior center. You can walk into your senior center and ask people there. Um, Or you can call the senior center that's nearby. Or you can go online. Mm, And I've forgotten the name of it. But Google Senior Services um, Yellow Pages and up will come a few places around the country that um, distribute them in different areas, and they may have care managers that are listed in your area. Great. Wow, Deborah, this has been so helpful, useful, and very important, and we have a few minutes left. What what final cherry on the top would you like to leave with our listeners? <laughs> um, wow, this is great. Well, I think... One of the things I'd like to do is just take a second to talk to caregivers, family caregivers. You and I have been there. There's many people listening to this program who are caregivers for the the elderly or the disabled in their family. And what you need to know about caregiving is that you're not alone. There is a national association called the National Association of Family Caregivers, And if you Google that, it will give you great information on how to um, join groups or get support or be on webinars and so that you don't feel alone. Even if you can't get out, you're the spouse of a person that's injured and you can't get out the front door, at least you can get onto webinars or phone calls of people that are in the same situation. Because what we find is 40 to 70% of family caregivers have symptoms of depression. Now, that's not because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's, we always feel like we need to do more. But when you give up your social life to care for someone you love, there is a cost to that. And that cost sometimes is a feeling of isolation, which can lead to depression. That is nothing to be ashamed of. I went through it. You're talking about feeling overwhelmed. We all go through it if we're caregivers at one time or another. So it's important to forgive yourself, to love yourself enough to get out that door and find somebody that can help you even to get to the grocery store if you're homebound with your with your loved one, to get out to the grocery store and take your time and get somebody to stay with them while you're gone. There's so many ways we can take care of ourselves. I remember one thing. My father was dying at home. I had six of my you know siblings there with me. But I had this feeling like I was in charge. I had to be in charge. I was the nurse, and I was coordinating everything. I was doing my case management sort of in my father's home as he's in hospice, arranging for who's going to be doing what when. And I remember the hospice nurse came in, and I'm sitting at the computer, and I was telling my sister, oh, I've got to cancel my 
massage this afternoon. I was going to go in for a massage. And she, the hospice nurse turned around to me and she said, don't you dare cancel that massage. You go get your massage. You take care of yourself. And it just gave me permission to go and take my massage. And I so loved that massage. I remember I cried all the way through the massage. It just felt so good. And then I went and I bought massages for my other two sisters because it was so wonderful. And we all needed it. And I had forgotten. Yeah. I mean, it's all, I don't know any harder time of life when somebody's mm-hmm. graduating or passing on, right? Mm-hmm. And, and And our parents, you know, they don't want us to suffer. And there's a way to make it... Um, a happier occasion, even though it's it's challenging. So mm-hmm. that that is that is such that's such a good point, and and I really really appreciate your care because it, to be a caregiver you have to care. Yes. And isn't it true? I heard this that I've and I don't know if it's true or not, but that a lot of caregivers actually pass away be, before the person does because it's so intense. Yes. Right. Our, in fact, really, it's one of our jobs as a care manager is to keep our eye on the primary caregiver because you will, if you devote your entire life to someone that's ill, you will age prematurely and you will ignore the physical symptoms that you have by not taking care of yourself, even if it's regular routine physicals. And if something happens to that primary caregiver, I don't care what kind of great care manager you have, you cannot replace that primary caregiver because of the love and the relationship and the support. We cannot replace that. That family caregiver is is incredibly important to the healing and the well-being of that person. So our job is to make sure that that person, much like that hospice nurse did with me, takes care of that caregiver. Right. Good yeah. point. So, again, anybody that wants to get uh, get in touch with you or get a hold of your newsletter, where do they want to go again? Great. So where they would go is careinsight.net and careinsightfl, standing for Florida, dot com. And on the left-hand column, they'll see e-newsletter. Sign up for our e-newsletter. You'll get a monthly e-newsletter that is jam-packed with great, great information. Also, our phone numbers are on there, but let me give you our phone number, which is 24 – well, let me give you our 800 number. That's the easiest one. So, by the way, you can call and simply ask questions. We're here to answer questions, even if we do not end up doing the care management with your loved one. And that's 855-423-3535. Again, that's 855-423-3535. And what's really cool is when we were looking about opening this business, we looked around and said, okay, what's missing in care management across the United States? And I called a bunch of care managers and do you know that only one person out of 18 answered the phone and only five got back with us? So what we decided is we have a 24-hour answering service with the most incredible human beings answering that phone. So we're available 24 hours and they will find us if they need to find us. So we do not disappear just 9 to 5 like your grandma doesn't disappear 9 to 5 either. You need support during those times. So we are available 24 hours, 7 days a week. Oh, that's so wonderful. I, that's, that is such a blessing that you can share that with everybody. And I really, really want to thank you. And, and I want to remind everybody, all my listeners, that this is, again, how important it is to protect your assets, protect yourself, and have yourself comfortable. Get long-term care insurance so you can stay in your own home. And make sure you have a care manager provision on the policy yes. so you can get some of this good help because you, even with long-term care insurance, you really do need a case manager. There's no yes. no way around it to have a nice, uh, smooth journey through the process. <laughs> and, okay. and again, if you want to get a hold of me, my name is Chris Miller, and you can uh, get our free article on the three myths of financial planning at Ready for Pre-Tirement, that's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com, or you can reach out to me at Chris at Ready for Pre-Tirement. 
That's K-R-I-S. Deborah, we're so happy to talk to you today and really, really appreciate the care that you are providing. I'm so honored to be on your show, Chris, and you've given me an opportunity to reach people that may not otherwise know about us. So thank you so much. And thank you. And we'll look forward to seeing how we can expand this and share it in more places. Great. Wonderful. You have a wonderful evening. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Found out you can't take the curve at 85 My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind There's a million questions raised across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well cause when the curtain falls there ain't no second chances and you don't want to ask yourself did I live did I love did I matter to someone did I give everything I had to give did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? Did I matter?